okay again? Yep, everything's good. All right, welcome to Campfire Sit Down. I'm Sophie Yusuf, and I'm joined by Charles Nero. Come sit down with us around this metaphorical campfire as we share and discuss stories that have our interest through the formats of cinema, television, current events, and even professional wrestling. So get your s'mores ready. We'll be chatting weekly about the best and maybe even the worst stories of the week. So come geek out with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Campfire Sitdown or leave us an email at campfiresitdown at gmail.com if you have any questions or inquiries or if you just want to say hello. What's so, up? Yeah. So hello, everyone. I realize that I, I have an accent whenever I talk to you. Do you realize that? <laughs> I feel like I have to keep up to your accent. <laughs> no, man. I think I think I, it sounds it sounds all right, man. Yeah, it's, you, it's proper English, if you know what I mean. Like, like usually I have like a Malay accent because like you know I'm a Malay no, guy. Man. Sometimes it depends on the people <laughs> I talk to. Actually, like sometimes I talk I talk yeah. to a mud accent. Yeah, I mean it. It always depends on on the people you talk to. Like, yeah. Um. I guess for me, my this accent comes out when it comes to people who I can have, uh, who I know has a speak who who speak English well, like mm. like they have a they're eloquent enough to understand, like what, what I'm trying would, to say. What, yeah. what would your other accent be then? I mean, what, like I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Depends on who I'm talking to, like right. I, I try to uh, throw in. Some singlish as much as possible, like yalla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just sometimes it 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 feels. I'm, I feel like I'm too conscious about it. Yeah, yeah. That's why too. I don't. I don't. I don't use it that much. Yeah, man. Yeah, we we've been doing this podcast. This is like our third episode, and like uh, sometimes I, I I listen back to my voice, and I realize that I get a bit too um my my voice like I I speak in a different accent, and I can't help myself. Like I, I then I get too self self conscious, but I, yeah. yeah, it gets really weird. No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. No, but but it sounds fine though, man. Like yeah, I think I think it's just because we're too conscious about it. Like, yeah. Let's we don't really when we're talking to other people, we don't really think about all these things. We're more focused on what we have to say, and then how we say it is just subconscious. It's just instinctive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so when you're listening to a your own voice in the podcast, you're, you're hearing your own voice from another person's point of view and then yeah. you start becoming aware of these things, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it gets weird sometimes. But, like, yeah. I, I, I have to get used to my own voice sometimes, I think. Yeah, yeah, same here. Even, like, um, I, I think it happens to everybody, though. Like, <laughs> when when you're... Sometimes even when, when my friends hear their own voice from like a i don't know voice memo mm-hmm. and everybody hates their voice the first time they hear it yeah yeah I, man I, I feel that way sometimes actually <laughs> yeah it's even worse when you're uh like a a recording artist <laughs> like i have so many friends who they keep saying like oh man until now i still haven't gotten used to my voice and these guys have been recording for yeah for ages man yeah <laughs> how, how have you been man is it how's how's your how's your weekend been um it's it's all right um it's uh it's a fasting month mm-hmm. so i haven't really been going out much 
not like I'm obliged to fast. Like uh, <laughs> I was just about to ask. <laughs> my my um my my girlfriend's Muslim. Mm. So oh, okay. Yeah, so I have been uh fasting with her ah, as much good. as as much as possible at at least. It's as I it hasn't been a like a perfect week. Yeah. But I'd say you know, a good five days for a first timer. <laughs> it's a it's a consolation, man. How 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 has it been? Is it like what's the challenge um, so far? I think I mean so far I'm surprised like how well I've uh adjusted to it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it comes with 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 age as well, where mm, yeah. you you de- develop like a, a a level of discipline or yeah, willpower, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and and you find that like even when you're hungry, you know, it's it's a it's a normal feeling, and maybe mm. because you've anticipated that you're gonna feel hungry, yeah. so it's not as dreadful as 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 the idea of of not eating the whole day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But how about you, man? Like, <laughs> it's a countdown now. Um, I think we uh we are less than ten days away from Eid, uh, Haraya. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think usually at this, uh, point of uh the month right of Ramadan, y- your body kind of get accl- acclimatized to it. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, it it still takes a toll on you, but like you're mentally kind of like stronger. By this point and uh actually I, I was just talking to my wife the other day like i can't believe we were back then it was just 10 10 more days and i can't believe like we're already two-thirds of the way through ramadan it yeah. went by so fast yeah man i feel that too yeah you can you can try and do it the whole month next year man <laughs> i, I, I think <laughs> i don't have any excuses anymore yeah like you know this 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 year is like my first time so mm. if i have lapses like yeah it's, it's forgivable yeah, but yeah, for yeah. next year for next year i think it has to be like consecutive like it's it's doable i mean like my my niece started fasting i think when she was 5 oh man so um like full days full days she went full days oh. yeah and 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 it it's sad to see her like you know weak and like oh, her, yeah? her, her her face that uh like she's just drained out of energy towards like at 6 p.m. She'll be like all yeah, drained yeah, out yeah. of energy. The but, final hour is like the toughest. Yeah. It's just like when, 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 the kind of thing. When, uh, it's, um, it's like the final 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. When, you know, you're, you're, you're already, your dinner is almost ready. Yeah. And you're just really waiting to, to break fast, right? Yeah. Um, actually, I I saw this uh thing on the WWE Network uh about uh, Ali the one the, the Muslim uh wrestler yeah, yeah. wrestler I told you about. He uh he's fasting right now, so they did a, a like a chronicle, which is like a short documentary of sorts of his life, like uh from one point to another. It's kind of like twenty four of sorts, but in in real life documentary. Wait, so, um, his whole life or just. His 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 life during Ramadan. Just just during uh I think two or three days I think I, I didn't really catch the the because they usually do a chronicle whereby okay this is the chronicle of uh from from this day to this day, so mm-hmm. they they just wanted to capture uh how he was leading up to um his first major pay per view which is Money in the Bank, so oh so, this recent one right? that that recent one so mm-hmm. um. Just so happens, it was also the uh, it was also Ramadan, so they 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 covered how Ramadan, uh, how he treats Ramadan in, at home with his family, with his daughter, and how he he treats it as well. And uh, there was one segment at the back when he was uh backstage and he was talking to Kofi Kingston, the WWE champion, 
and uh, uh, they were they were preparing for their match, and then like uh, Ali said that uh, you know, I, I've been fasting the whole day and stuff like that. And then then uh, Kofi was like, you you fasted the whole day, wow! And they're about to perform, and he hasn't even broke his fast yet. Oh damn! And it's towards <laughs> it's towards the end of his like I think it's about like for us it's about six p.m. ish, which is where where he's he's gonna perform. So it's uh-huh. about it's you're almost there, but like you have to wait an hour. It's at the final hour. Yeah. It's like he's performing at the toughest time of the, yeah. of the day. And he's a high flyer, so he's he's doing so much at oh, that man. time. Oh man, like now. how do you Yeah. And then uh he 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 said something that was that really resonated with me that I didn't really think of or so before, but he said that um at least from my point of view, I know that in in an hour's time I get to drink water, I get to eat food. There's stuff for me that I, I, I know that in an hour's time, I get to eat. There are some people in the world that don't know when their next food is and their meal is or their next drink is. And that's the point of fasting. And that like, oh shit. <laughs> I, I forgot that that was what <laughs> fasting yeah, yeah, is yeah, about. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's like, it's, it's easy to forget the the, the whole, um, the, reason. the meaning, yeah. yeah, the reason behind, behind Ramadan. When, you know, we're so busy. We're just trying to get through every day, one day at a time, though, right? Yeah. But it, it's it's always like, um, how do you say it? Something that's worth remembering cannot be said too much. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, we'll be talking about Quentin Tarantino's films, Terminator Dark Fate, and All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, and what it means to the wrestling business. So let's go. The new trailer for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just dropped, like not just dropped a few days ago. Yeah. And and the thing that intrigued me about this was the part the the characters in this. Excuse me. The the characters in this that was uh based on real life uh people. Like Charles Manson and uh, Bruce Lee, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that really what, and that's really what piqued my interest. So I really want to know, uh, how, what do you think? Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, I have, I have, and um, I did a bit of a, of a like research, like what what the film was about. So, you know, it's it's based on two real life characters, although the characters are fictional, but it is they're based on real people. Mm-hmm. So the two main characters are Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, mm-hmm. right? So Rick Dalton is apparently based on Burt Reynolds. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, then Cliff Booth is based on Hal Needham. I think if, if that's how you pronounce the name. He's uh, he, he is their legitimate actor and a legitimate stuntman slash director. Oh, okay. And apparently the film spans... In, in, in the event span in the like uh within three days mm-hmm. in the summer of 1969. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just regurgitating notes, man. <laughs> Keep it going, yeah, man. I didn't do my research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it, as as far as the what I've seen on the trailer, they could. I, I I'm anticipating that this set of uh, characters might be one of my favorites in the whole. Tarantino verse, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, based on the trailer, like the the interactions between uh, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt is is already 
it, it's pretty compelling already. Yeah. You know, so I just want to see that in, in, in the like in in full blown in the cinema, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. So it's set in the summer of 1969, mm-hmm. and it's loosely based on on untrue events. That's why you have the um. That's why Bruce Lee's, Bruce Lee's in there, Charles Manson. Yeah. Which uh, it's one thing I like about Tarantino is how he tells his story with within the canvas of real events mm, yeah yeah so he has fictionalized um yeah he did, certain... he, did he did stuff like um inglorious bestest is a is a is a good um example of yeah that. yeah and um jango chain too like mm-hmm. these things yeah. happen but then like he he kind of uh fictionalized a, a story within the the thematics of of that universe right yeah yeah so yeah it's either like pure creative uh poetic license or just straight up revision of like history as Tarantino likes it. Likes it, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. He's rewriting history of sorts, yeah. I think uh, like what's your favorite moment in the trailer? Um I I kinda like DiCaprio's um I don't know. He, every every time I see DiCaprio in the trailer, I I, I get excited to to watch the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I mean, that, I, yeah, what? I feel like that's like the last time we saw him in a Tarantino film was uh, Django, Django, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's been a while, but you you know DiCaprio can can really deliver. Like the last time I I enjoyed a, a DiCaprio movie, the last movie that I saw was Wolf of Wall Street, and that was good, man. His his yeah. performance in that was outstanding and i feel like um yeah i feel like L- leo is the the draw for me to me oh yeah yeah i mean like you can never go wrong with with dicaprio like whoever mm. he works with he just delivers whether yeah. it's whether it's corsese right yeah or or tarantino he it's always he he always stands out i feel like and, he's gonna carry the film actually yeah um yeah. With Brad Pitt as well, though you can't like I've never Brad Pitt's always been one of my favorite favorite actors yeah. along with DiCaprio. So it, it is a dream come true for me in a way to see Both Leo them, and right? Brad in the same film, man. Yeah, but he hasn't like um Brad Pitt hasn't had a lot of moments in the trailer so far. Maybe maybe it's just kept for for the movie itself. But I feel like DiCaprio. Um, I don't know, man. He he has that um. He has that in him to to just carry a film like whatever film he does, right? He somehow just he can be the standout performer in that. Mm, always yeah. is, man. always yeah. is, right? Django Unchained. He's not even like the main actor. He's like a side character, and and his performance in that is like you know memorable because yeah, yeah it's a, it's he's an outstanding actor, and I think yeah, he he finally got his Oscar like recently, right? Like a few years With, back. Uh... Four years, man. Like, uh, can you believe it? It's been four years since the wow. Revenant. Wow. Yeah, that's two thousand fifteen. <laughs> Feels so fresh, dude. It feels like yeah, it's ago. it's it's his first film since since uh since the Revenant. Um, for me, my favorite moment in the trailer, Bruce Lee, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the casting for Bruce Lee was was pretty on point. Man. Who's who's playing Bruce Lee? Because I really thought it was Bruce Lee. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Even like, I thought it was like, yeah. Yo, who is this guy? Like, yeah. um. He's a Korean American actor um, by the name of Mike Mo. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, I think he's he's um, done a lot of like Bruce Lee tribute on YouTube. Ah, that's where. That's right. why he's so on point, right? Yeah. But here's here's an interesting sense. fact I found online, like the the, the Manson murders mm -hmm. um, is uh, is is plays a, a big, you know, uh, plays a big sort of a uh, part in the plot. Mm -hmm. Right, like, do you know about the Manson murders? Yeah, Charles Manson. Yeah, and like the murder, murder of, uh, yeah, Sharon Tate, mm. and yeah, basically it's a like a, a big event in 1969, mm. and it happened on August 9, bro, National Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in in that in that murder in that uh like uh in that murder Manson murders shit, what am I saying? <laughs> Yeah, just edit that out. So in the Manson, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the Manson murders, apparently Bruce Lee was a was a suspect. Really? In the beginning, before they knew, before the police knew what was going on, ah. they suspected Bruce Lee might have been involved. Oh, that, because, that, that makes it interesting. No wonder, no Tarantino wants to make a film out of it. Yeah, and. Because Bruce Lee mentioned that he lost his glasses mm -hmm. in in um, Roman Polanski's house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another, so they suspected guy, like, yeah. yeah, so they suspected that he might have been involved in the beginning, mm. right? and that's like, yo, I'm like, how? You know what I mean? It's yeah, I mean, it's just a small detail in 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 like history of, of 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 the manson murders hollywood in 1969 is crazy right like like to, to, to think that these people are all like they're friends of sorts like yeah they, man they like hang out is this weird yeah. i don't know and you, and you don't really know how like in 2019 right when you talk about these stars you don't you them together yeah yeah you know what i mean like you don't yeah. really understand how big they are yeah. or how they're even related yeah. Right. And you and you think about it, like, all these legends are friends. Yeah. <laughs> like they just go to each other's houses and just hang out. Yeah. But in that room alone, you have like people who have like changed landscapes of, yeah. of their industries, right? Yeah. So in case people are wondering, um, how did Bruce Lee become friends with Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate, or how was he in, even? involved in that circle mm. bruce lee actually trained hollywood celebrities to fight yeah including roman polanski yeah and sharon tate in the in 1969 when he was uh rising like from oh. being a, a supporting cast in the green hornet oh yeah yeah so he, that's how he was mingling in, the, in this uh, hollywood circle. yeah 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 man well yeah, as far as uh, Tarantino, they say that this is one of his highest rated films since um, in a while, actually. Because they, they released it in Cannes, uh, Cannes, Cannes, was it? Cannes yeah. recently, and then they had like the whole, um, uh, yeah, the press conference after and everything like that. So, so uh, I'm, I'm guessing like even, even if you, I was already going to watch this film. I feel like the the subject matter and the characters and and the setting already sold me on it. Yeah, and the yeah, fact yeah. that it's a Tarantino film, so you know the the 
you know the twist and the 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 style of storytelling is is very unique to him and it's very entertaining for 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 some reason I can't really put my finger on it. Yeah, it's just it's so outrageous sometimes the way he yeah. does things. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a bit like <laughs> he has a, he has a crazy mind sometimes. Like the, I I I I think we we did a a study of him in film school once. And one of the things that we uh we found out or we kind of just discussed among us, right, was the fact that Tarantino has a big, huge uh, foot fetish. Do you know this? Oh, does he? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, he, he but does. But how? How did you guys come to this conclusion? Um, no, it's... uh He actually... I think he said it before or something. I can't remember how it is, <laughs> but, but that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, if you watch Kill Bill... And you know when uh the bride uh she she can't use her yeah legs. that um and then she's had, trying to yeah move her toes right yeah the pussy wagon scene <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> yeah that whole scene uh was feeding into his foot fetish if I'm not wrong that's like that there was oh, a story that like he I think so I as in like don't quote me on this but it could be like an eighty percent fact but yeah <laughs> I mean to to I think to to be able to create something like to do what tarantino does yeah you can't be normal no you have to be eccentric yeah to to to, to, to sort of like an extreme level sometimes yeah. but every like, like a, a, a character and a director like him has to be different he has to stand out from the crowd like like his artwork has to be it stands the test of time like mm-hmm. i don't know whether he's proud of like you know sometimes when you when you do something and then you think you're proud of it, and then like five years later, you like look back and then like, oh man, I could have done so much better. And so like you, you cringe when you look at your your previous work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think uh, I'm. I mean, maybe he has those moments, but I, I think he can just like. He's one person who can just like you know like, just keep walking forward. Just don't think about it. Just keep walking forward because like whatever he does, right, will stand the test of time. Pop fiction, um, Kill Bill. Um, Reservoir Dogs, you yeah. can still watch it now and enjoy every minute of it because it was done. Um, the storytelling was done so perfectly, and dude, Reservoir Dogs was so under budget. Yeah. But it was it 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 it, it kind of broke uh, uh the the whole blockbuster like uh feel to it. Like, dude, if he can do such a story right with such a limited limited budget right. In that era, yeah, well. in that era as well. I'm pretty sure he can he can do so much with like a bigger budget, which is like, um, Kill Bill and uh, Django Unchained and uh, Glorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards, like, and to to get like his, I don't know how he got the actors that he got, Steve Buscemi and all that, but those <laughs> that, that I mean, Reservoir Dogs was his first first film, I think. And um, this once upon in uh once upon a time in Hollywood is his ninth, so yeah, man. he only <laughs> he's the dude has only done eight films so far plus once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Nine films, but yeah, by his sixth film or maybe his fourth film, everyone knows his name. Yeah, and 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 you know everybody knows what to has a high expectation. What okay. to expect? Yeah, yeah, but he still delivers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. every film 
is timeless. Yeah. Right? Like you, like you said just now, you can watch it into like Pulp Fiction that came out in 94 and yeah. you still watch it now and still think like, You can still oh, enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He, has, he has a... It's it's humor, his timing, his um, his um, the the term we we use in film school was maison scene, which is like how he oh, yeah. how he frame like the little things he puts in the frame to 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 show this universe that he creates. Mm-hmm. It's just um, like, that's yeah. a theater term as well, right? Is it? Yeah, maison scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. that is classy. <laughs> it's French, bruh. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, it just means like the things that you put in frame that that can right. help tell the story or to set the setting and stuff like that, like a uh, coffee cup, in Game yes. of Thrones. <laughs> that is the opposite of Maison Sin. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, what did uh, what's your favorite uh Tarantino film though? Um, wait before we before we move, mm. I just have to say. If you're if you really want to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, don't read the Wikipedia article. <laughs> <laughs> the entire plot from start to finish is there. Yeah, so so just avoid it as much as possible. Um, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah, and the sad thing is, you still have to wait for at least three months because it doesn't come out here until mm. until August or July. Mm. Yeah, but it's definitely so, a watch though. It's definitely yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, hopefully you can watch it in the in the in the cinemas when it comes out, right? Yeah. But you know, like a uh, new baby's coming soon, so <laughs> it's gonna be a think... big adjustment. Bruh, you, your lifestyle and my lifestyle right now varies in a big way. You watch <laughs> the current movies. I watch movies from three months ago. Yeah. You watch it in theaters. I watch it in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. And maybe from time to time I get to watch TV. It 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 has become such a luxury. Right? Yeah, bro. Tarantino. Yeah. Top eight. Yeah, your top eight. Like this you list. It. This list might change once. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes, I really just have high expectations for the film. Yeah. Right. Um, should we, how do you want to do it? Do you want to go by ranking first or do you want to go by title and see um, where it ranks in your list? Let's go eight to one. Okay. I I, I do have to like um, um, say uh, that um, my list is not really credible because I haven't seen all of Tarantino's films. You've seen most of them. You've seen I've most seen of them. most enough to uh, yeah. have a top maybe five. I can't okay. rank all of all eight. So you go okay. first. Um okay, for me, um eight would be death proof. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the same for you. Like um I, I guess, understand why it's in, it's lower in, in your list. Yeah, I just yeah. I was just expecting a more it, it was just like a completely different um narrative. Yeah. For me, like it's not I guess it's one of those um, films where the director is really just taking whatever creative freedom he can get and then try to push it as far as possible. Yeah. If I could use a metaphor, Death Proof is the Jon Snow amongst the Stark children. Mm, the busted son. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's still part of part of that Tarantino, Tarantino yeah. birth, right? Yeah, but it, it was also like... Um, 
it's more of like a collaborative effort with uh, Robert Rodriguez because they did it like Death Proof and uh, what's that the other one? I I can't remember. I can't. Um... Yeah, that it's it's more or less. Um, it's kind of just like a passion project for them. I don't think. Yeah, he, yeah, that's yeah, exactly he, it. I don't think he put a lot of his um like thought into that film. It was just more for you know for the fun sake of it. They wanted to do like a an old school. What do you call it? Like a B B film. You know, like those <laughs> B great films, like yeah, and and it's it's, it's, it's a tribute. Isn't it's it? a tribute or or uh, mockumentary or so. I don't know. It's it's somewhere along those lines. Like it it's uh it's a tribute and also a parody of sorts. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really his style. He was trying to adapt. Uh, he he was trying to adapt a parody kind of type of style and mix it with his own style. That's how yeah. I see it. Yeah, but I understand why Death Proof would be uh, low on your list. Mm, it's just uh, plus maybe when I watched it, I was still pretty pretty young, or mm. you know, like my 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 palette for 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 cinema is still very it's still very fresh. Yeah. I didn't completely understand the 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 elements of cinema at the time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So number eight would be Death Proof. Mm-hmm. And number seven would be Jackie Brown. I haven't seen that came, one. Yeah, it came out in 97. Um, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is in there. Michael Keaton is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam Greer is, uh, the, the, plays the title title character. Yeah. Hold and, on. Uh, let's pause for a minute. Right, sorry about that. Um, hey, the sun good, woke man. up. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I is he to... okay? Or... Yeah, he's fine. He's uh having nightmares. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You were saying Jackie Brown. Yeah. So, number seven for me would be Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. I I I enjoy the film. It's um, I just feel, I'm rating it, this, low on the list. Not because it's a bad film. It, I just feel it's mainly because of personal preference. I feel like it's a bit tamed for a Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as far as like the characters go and, and and the pacing of the film and and the entire plot, I think it's I think it's okay. But it's just that I I I watched it backwards. I've seen the more extreme versions of of of, of the Tarantino films. Mm-hmm. So, to 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 watch this, at this at this period, right? I I just can't help but feel like it's a bit tamed. Yeah. As compared to as compared to the rest. Yeah. Like, so, the, the the thing is like um, I I haven't seen Jackie Brown, so I don't I can't really like um, critique on it. Yeah, critique on it, but um, I I I guess I I understand. To some extent, like you, you have an expectation when it comes to a Tarantino film. So if it mm-hmm. doesn't fulfill that expectation, there is some disappointed disappointment in there. But uh, I think the thing about um Tarantino is he he tries to make every film its own thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's the good thing about it. Yeah, yeah. It's its own story. He he doesn't really try to like do uh sequels unless of course it's Kill Bill, because that one just needed a proper ending. So yeah, very epic story. So um, I, like for Kill Bill, like he just actually he wanted to 
he wrote he overwrote mm, yeah <laughs> that's how he ended up with a sequel even that yeah. one was a bit was accidental right but it worked you know like mm. it it's either he he cram cram it up to like a, a three-hour film i guess if he, he would do could it. have been four hours though yeah right? like, like um end game type of deal yeah 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 but i i feel like it was you know splitting it to two films kind of like gave the audience a, a, a breathing room to you know mm. to digest and and the thing is kill bill stands like like we say it stands the test of time it's like you say kill bill and instantly you know uma thurman and the suit and everything that the, 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 the samurai sword and everything like that it's 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 iconic like he he, he has a thing for making things very iconic like a lot of his yeah, films exactly. actually have very iconic lines moments mm. characters and up to this day you can you can meme a lot of his things and it's still relevant you know and and he knows how to pay tribute yeah without without it being without it being forced yeah all right no. you're number six you're number six um are we at number six okay my number six even i would hate to say this but the hateful eight mm. would be I, my number six i haven't six. seen this one also yeah but uh, it's okay. Um, I feel like I just couldn't finish it in one sitting. Mm. The pacing was um, either the pacing was too slow, mm-hmm. right? Or like he was really just um, in the name of art, he was taking his time mm. to to build up to every um, big moment in the film. As but as far as like cinematography. Mm-hmm. This might be the one that I appreciate the most, yeah. the one that I'm most I'm most impressed by, as as far as like the artistic elements of of, of cinema goes. Like, mm. yeah. I, I but again, I haven't seen uh, Hateful Eight. I tried to. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Um. No, no. That's. Um, I'm not sure it is. That's the Adam uh, Sandler parody. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's that called? Yeah, I know what. No, what six? Yeah, 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 magnificent six or magnificent something. Magnificent six, you know? yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think I think the hateful eight. Um, if, if you're gonna watch it, watch it alone without any distractions, because mm. you, you really need to pay attention to it. Like one sitting kind of kind of movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It could, I, like maybe I couldn't finish it in one sitting because mm. I was watching it at home. I was distracted. Distracted. By Twitter. Like, there were, uh, yeah, and, and there were like too many people. <laughs> yeah. Like I just couldn't, I wasn't able to fully immerse myself. Yeah, there's there's films that you just need to like be on your own and just like appreciate it on your own, the kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I guess yeah. This is one of them. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I would. The, the the characters are 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 still compelling. Mm. The way only Tarantino can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's. I wish I could rank this film higher because I know it deserves that mm-hmm. that level of praise. But you know, personal taste. Like there's just. Other ones that I really enjoyed mm. a lot more. Yeah, so let's go to, to number five. Number um, five, yeah. It's Django, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. It should have been higher as well. I, that one could be higher, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um where would you rank Django? Okay, uh let me see. Um there's Django, there's um Inglourious Bastards as uh, Pop Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill, right? 
these five I definitely have seen. Yeah, but it's so hard to <laughs> rank which one is number one or two. Um, my number one would be Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh Reservoir Dogs is number three. Okay, I'm I'm doing this list off the top of my head, so. Yeah. Um, Jack. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. I think Kill Bill like is how? number two. And uh, I think Django is four. Bastards is uh, five. Really? <laughs> the thing is, right, all these films are good on its own and they are yeah, exactly. they're worthy to be number one. Yeah. All of them like, are worthy to be number one. But it's more of like a person's preference. But I really love Pulp Fiction. I feel like mm-hmm. it had uh, it had a lot of moments. It's I think it's the most memeable um, Tarantino film so far. Yeah, classic moments, Classics, right? Pulp yeah. Fiction. Like um the Royale with cheese. Yeah, even the the whole Big Mac conversation, yeah. right? Yeah, the burger. Them them and, them having to change out of their suits, which look cool, and then they had to change it out into like, you know, oversized t shirts. Yeah. And it's so and it's very quotable, man. Like Yeah. Even the, the, the Bible verse that Jules was um Yeah. Reciting, like I will strike down upon thee with yeah. great vengeance that and furious. Iconic as well, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, like probably even... the first Bible verse that I actually remembered, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, I think, um, not not to divert too far from the topic, but you know, uh, uh, do you watch Fargo? Fargo, um, yeah, yeah. The TV series and even the the, the oh, movies. Not, not the TV series, though. The movies, right? I remember watching the movie. Yeah. All right, the movie. There's only one movie for go and then and then uh, the movie came out and then they uh, it was uh, from the Coen Brothers and then they after the movie they um Noah Noah Hawley created a TV series based on the format that Fargo came up with, mm-hmm. and I feel like that format is also very similar to Tar- uh, Tarantino's uh style. Oh yeah, like what happens in a day that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like um, I mean. The thing about Pulp Fiction is that he, the whole, every story there actually uh, links to each other, but he cuts it in a way where everything is uh, uh, non-chronological. So like each story has its own story, but if you look at a big picture, if you want to rearrange everything, it also makes sense from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like you see uh, Jules and uh, I don't know, Sam Jackson's character, um, in t-shirts and in baggy t-shirts and stuff and then like after that they're in suits and then they're back in t-shirts like it, it, it's it's supposed that's like Tarantino has a wave of, of telling stories in a linear way but then cutting them and then like scramble it all up because well he tries oh, no. to make uh, <laughs> uh, like the the chaos and madness make sense which is which is very unique to his character and unique to his style yeah, he so. he has. There's a method to the madness. Yeah, there's a method to his madness. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so your five is uh, Django. Your four is. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Okay, your three is. Um, number three, Kill Bill one and two is counted as one film, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kill Bill one and two. Um, mm-hmm. Number two would be Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my one. number one would be Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. All right. Yeah, for some reason I just. In, like Inglourious Bastard just had a lot of replay value for me mm, yeah. like the standout moment for me was like Christoph like Waltz, yeah, Christoph Waltz. From, from the intro and um, 
to to the moments before his uh his surrender like yeah it's just one of the most unique characters and i that's just true. enjoyed watching him that's true yeah all the I mean, time in that honestly this list that we make right it's like like i say it's subjective like some people might agree some people might not but it's really like which is your favorite pop fiction mm-hmm. like which is your favorite tarantino film and it could be any in any order you like there are some good ones there are some bad ones but when they're really good it's so hard to pick a number one you know yeah i think it, it, it all it's all based on how you experience the film yeah like because you know technically it's all it, it's all good it's all marvelous right yeah but it's just you know now it's just how how, how did you consume the film how did you experience it how did it make you feel while you were watching it you know what i mean yeah yeah well speaking of films uh i'm trying to segue here but it's really really hard um what we do in the shadows <laughs> <laughs> yeah we wanted so... to talk about taika waititi uh and we we forgot to mention it in the intro um yeah i just introduced this film to you like a couple of weeks ago right oh you've well like anything you've introduced to me i have enjoyed yeah you want to talk about that taika yeah, because he was just confirmed as director for Akira, which is one of my favorite animes of all time. I'm if I could say it's it's the anime that got me into anime. Like I watched it as a kid and, and it visually was so compelling for me that I just like, oh man, I love these kind of like shows. And then yeah, it just opened Pandora's box as far as like being being an anime fan goes. Another so, confession from me, uh, I haven't seen Akira, despite a lot of people telling me that it's like, I know how big it is in fandom. Like it's, yeah, yeah. It was mentioned in uh, Ready Play One and all that. I know mm-hmm. how big it is. I just haven't gotten the, around to see it. Oh, no worries, man. Yeah, like but, It's like, always going to be there. Like, yeah, when you say um, the anime that like um, got you into anime, mine was Pokemon. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's... There's that one show, right? Yeah, for there's that one everybody. show. Mine was Pokemon. So yeah, I mean, I would I would admit I was too young to watch to understand what what Akira, Akira was about. Yeah, yeah. So I I watched it again like ten years later and mm-hmm. and appreciated it even more. Yeah. All right. It's um revolutionary and yeah. So Taika Waititi has been confirmed as director of Akira. That's awesome, man. The the thing is. It, it is such a strong fan base, right? Mm-hmm. That they've always, you know, it, it's one of those things where you, you always say like, oh, don't touch it. It's, yeah, please yeah. don't do it. It's like there's there's been so many anime adaptation that Hollywood has done mm-hmm. from Dragon Ball to Death Note and they've failed completely. Yeah. And, you know, Akira is like, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the holy grail of, of like anime, as, as far as anime is involved in, anime's presence in pop culture mm. right so people are so reluctant for it to to to, to have a, a live action adaptation mm-hmm. even worse that it's done by hollywood because mm-hmm. they've just never really adapted anything successfully yeah yeah that's true like they they have they've had a a long they have a they've had a bad run firstly uh whitewashing the characters like mm-hmm. dragon ball z then the storytelling yeah. also. So, uh, yeah, Hollywood hasn't been really uh, doing like classics or remakes well. Successfully, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 not an easy task though, it's right? Because you have to adapt the storyline. 
make to, uh, sure it, it like kind of fits, but also uh, like you know, change it up so that it's a little bit new. Like you know, Power Rangers when they remade it into the movie. Yeah. Have you seen it? I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I it. enjoyed it too. Like yeah. But, but there were some things that oh, why did you do it that way? You know. Yeah. Well, you can't please everybody though. Yeah, right? you can't please everybody. It's yeah. just their own take on a on a classic. And if you, I think if you look at it that way, that it's it's a take. It's their own take on a classic. You might lower your expectations a little bit so you won't get disappointed. I mean, the thing about Taika Waititi is that he over he he took over Thor. He 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 was the director of Thor Ragnarok. And if you put the Thor see uh trilogy. Uh, side by side, right? Thor Ragnarok stands out like a sore thumb, and in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, firstly, the humor in that, the way the way uh Thor is, so much more different than than he was in in the past films. You know, Kenneth Branagh, mm-hmm. I think, did the first one. I don't know. I can't remember who did the second one, but it was so Shakespearean, and you know, uh, but it had to yeah, be because yeah. it's the first film to introduce Thor. Now that you're on the third Thor film, you have to freshen things up and. I think uh, Taika did a really, really good job. Well, basically, firstly, the, the humor in that was, like, amazing. Like, it's just on point. I yeah, think and it's, it's hard to, uh, sorry, like, it's hard to believe that a lot of it was improvised. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think I think the chemistry between Taika and uh, Chris Hemsworth really showed in the film. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that he played Korg, which is my favorite <laughs> character in the MCU yeah. also. Like, one of my favorites. Yeah. And... <laughs> Um, I think uh, I think Thor Ragnarok was one of my is one of my uh, wife's favorite MCU films to date because yeah. of the the com- comedy in there and yeah, yeah. Uh, the way um, the way it was shot like the story also and my wife's not a big uh, comic book fan so the, the fact that I directed her to watch a comic book film and she actually loved it that says a lot about Thor Ragnarok and also the visuals in that it, my goodness it's like it's really like a comic book come to life. If you watch it again, just yeah, appreciate yeah. it for the visuals, the colors, and everything like that. It's amazing, man. And Jeff Goldblum, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Like you can't. It's it's he's 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 an enigma. Yeah. In 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 Hollywood circles, like yeah. there's just you can just listen to him. Yeah. And and the way he the way he speaks, there's just yeah. Somehow he fits so well into this Taika this universe. You know yeah. Yeah, like yeah, Taika yeah. has such a weird way of making a the, the the film a film that he's doing work. Like if you watch um what we do in the shadows, which is a mockumentary of like vampires in uh New Zealand. That's the elevator pitch. So you guys just have to watch yeah. it because um Taika plays a character in that as well, and he I think he either co-directed or he co-wrote that series with Jermaine Clement, <laughs> the guy from uh Flight of the Concords. Yeah. So that that the humor in there, um, it it's it's so unique the way they tell the it story. Is, it is. And then there's and it's so but it's such a low budget film. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I I feel like it's it's I I would hate to say it, but I would. What we do in the shadows that that kind of humor mm-hmm. isn't for everybody. Yeah. One of the uh, reasons I. I that sort of like got me curious about him was how much he he knows about pop culture. Like that's how I was pretty confident when he was chosen to direct Akira mm-hmm. because 
he he said he wants to stay faithful to the source. Yeah. He's actually casting Asian teenagers. Oh, that's cool. And he knows he 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 knows better than to to adapt the film. Yeah. That's why he's going to the source, which is the six mangas. Yeah. That the the film is based on. Although although the, he's forced to change the setting in, instead of like it, the the film taking place in in Tokyo, he's ch- changing it to Neo Manhattan. Mm. But it you know like I can tell that he loves the friend the Akira, yeah, the Akira story. You know, like even one of his interviews, he was saying he was he was throwing gibberish like referencing Akira. Mm-hmm. So he yeah, like you already know that he loves. Akira, it's it's gonna be a, uh, like, a really passion passionate project for him. It's yeah, not just project, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't just be a job. Like, I I feel like he would actually enjoy working on it because it's something that he he grew up watching as well. Yeah, yeah, man, and it's always it's it's always nice to 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 have directors who actually enjoy the source of of. of the original source of, of, of the story. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that we watch um, growing up. Yeah. The movie uh-huh. The Dark Fate. Yeah, what do you feel about the it? The trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, at first when I saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, they're making another Terminator film. Um, nothing really... Uh, they did a lot too too many too many films for me to like you know really care about it to be honest, and then um, Mackenzie Davis uh who's who uh who was from Hot and Catch Fire and AMC product which I'm very proud of because we used to work for AMC, <laughs> yeah she's uh she's in the film together with Diego Luna who uh played um Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield, Robbie Reyes. Is it Diego Luna? It's another Diego, though. Oh, is it Diego something? It's not Diego Luna. Diego Luna is the guy from uh, oh. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> so, this other Diego. So, um, yeah, I thought the, it, the, the the story didn't really tell... They didn't really tell much of the story, and it, 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 it looked oh, kind of cut in piece. Sorry, bro. Um, Before we move on, it's it's not Diego. It's the Luna part that was right. <laughs> uh, so, what Luna? It's Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna. Gabriel. You have to, you have to speak. Say it like. Yeah. How it is. Gabriel. Gabriel Luna. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's nice to see this like up and coming uh, actors and actresses get this, the role, but I feel like. I I'm, I worry for Mackenzie Davis because she's such a talented actress. I love her from uh, Hot and Catch Fire, uh, and uh, I think she was also in uh, Ridley Scott's um. Martian? Yeah, she was. Small yeah. roles. Um, Black but, Mirror. Yeah, yeah. Black Mirror as well. I, I Like, she... I feel like she is, like, one of the leading uh, actresses uh, to... Like, in this new generation of actresses. Like, she should be bigger than she is right now. Very, very underrated. Yeah, she's very underrated and she should be in more movies. But I feel like this might have been a bad choice for her to be in this movie. I'm yeah, worried yeah. that she uh she'll get um uh what's that guy who played um Jesus in Passion of the Christ and then he couldn't get a job after that? Uh Jim Cavazil Jim Cavazil, Jim Cavazil, yeah. Cavazil, yeah yeah. 
I'm worried that this might have that effect on Mackenzie Davis because she's an awesome actress. She should be doing more um action films. She was one of the people who was um vying for the role of um um Domino in Deadpool two, which went to Zassi Beats uh, eventually. Yeah. I'm worried that it's just gonna be in that pile of like rubbish. Even though James Cameron is back to direct it or or, or to produce it He's or producing, producing. Yeah. Um what do you think? I mean, he did say that um, it, it would ignore the other films that have come out. This would be more um, canon to the first two films. <laughs> right? they, they've been trying to reboot or trying to yeah, get people interested yeah. in Terminator for so long and he has I mean, failed. Like every film they would release is always planned oh. to be a beginning of a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or- but so far it hasn't worked yet. They've, they've been trying to make like uh, oh this is the third part of the trilogy this no this is the third part of the trilogy no no, no this is the, dude, yeah I think okay I grew up watching uh the first Terminator that I watched uh, on laser disc with my dad was Terminator two oh I, yeah laser I, disc man <laughs> I skipped uh Terminator one because uh, my dad was really a big fan of laser, uh Terminator two so we watched uh-huh. that over and over and over again so and he never had uh, the laser disc for Terminator one. I, I'm guessing he loved the second film better than the first one, so he didn't really bother to go and get the first one. But uh-huh. in the later years, when I grew up, I eventually got to uh, watch uh, Terminator 1. And yeah. and how it was... Okay, like how groundbreaking it was to have a film like uh, Avatar back, at, back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. This... Terminator film was so different. It it was like the back like it it was so different in terms of storytelling and everything like that, that it became a cult favorite because of it. Mm-hmm. Like how back and it still to the lives future. on today. Man. Yeah, yeah. So everyone knows what Terminator is, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, and it it's it's not just the way the film is made. Like um, another thing iconic it. about like, it like, was like 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 how is is the storytelling as well? How you tell a story. Mm-hmm. They kind of rewrite how you tell the story, yeah, and 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 the soundtrack, yeah, right. Like yeah. you just when you hear do 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 do, yeah, then the the symphony comes in, and it's yeah. just even until now, it's still so iconic. There's just yeah. everything, everything that like the way Terminator was made is just iconic. And it's groundbreaking. Yeah, and um, and it's it's um, it, I I feel like the new films, Salvation, Genesis, and now Dark Fate. I feel like they fell too far away from the tree from what the original uh, story was. I I mean, I don't know how Dark Fate is going to look like. I don't know what the story is for Dark Fate, but it seems as though they're focused more on the, oh, look, this is a major blockbuster Terminator movie. It's kind of like how the Transformers film kind of eventually became meh. Like the first yeah, one was, was, was... Overstayed their welcome. Kind yeah, of the first one was kind of good. The second one was... Nah, I prefer Forgivable. the first one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, they they made too many to the point where you know you know what I don't I don't need any of this, but then once in a while a bumblebee comes around, and I actually enjoyed bumblebee. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, hopefully this is a bumblebee, but the trailer doesn't seem to point to that direction. So. Yeah, I mean, then again, the first trailer has has always like misguided us in yeah. a way. Like it's even with the recent one, Aladdin, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. Whatever he's doing really well. Is, Aladdin yeah. is doing really well. 
like whatever reception the trailer has gotten or the Prince Ali yeah. clip that was dropped earlier, everything yeah. has been so negative, right? But yeah. Like when I saw the film recently, I actually enjoyed it pretty much. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, it's my wife's favorite uh, Disney film. So yeah. we're going to have to find the time to go and see that also. But Yeah, you guys should. Um, yeah. For for Terminator, I don't know. I Dark Fate just... I, I think the title could have been... Better? Could have been better. Like Dark Fate just sounded like a, a 90s PlayStation 1 game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You know, it just didn't sound very modern. Mm. Um, the good thing is James Cameron has confirmed it to be rated R, or at least he's pushing for it. Mm-hmm. And I just hate the fact that they're still banking on the nostalgia. Yeah. You know, like... No, nostalgia sells, though. I mean, like, but if you it do it does. well... It does, but you've already brought back Arnold, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, like from from last from the last film, it's like, oh man, this is the return. Yeah, like nostalgia does sell though. It's it's pretty like you look at all the remakes that they're doing of previous films, like mm-hmm. even uh, especially like Disney. There's a reason why they're doing Dumbo in live action, and they did Jungle Book, and they did um Beauty and the Beast, and they're doing Lion King and stuff like that. Nostalgia does sell because. Those kids that were watching the animated uh, films back then, they're adults kids. now, and yeah, those yeah. people are the ones that you want to get take the money from. Honestly, yeah, because now they're they're the ones making the money. Yeah, but it's just look. I'm fine with nostalgia, but there has to be a good storytelling, and it can't just be a because Terminator is not John Wick. You know, John Wick is fighting. John Wick is um action sequences. That's what you need to focus on. Like story is there, but like ninety percent of the film is choreographed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Terminator is shouldn't be that way. Should Terminator should focus on half maybe half action sequences and half the whole idea of what the the first Terminator was, which was you know timeline shifts and like all that. Yeah, yeah. I I think um. From what I know, like vaguely from what the plot is for this film, it's it, uh, Linda Hamilton, mm-hmm. Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. She's just hunting Terminators now. Yeah. Like they would keep yeah. traveling back to her timeline. Now she just anticipates, just waits, and then kills them. Yeah. She she yeah. did die in the third film, I think. So, but, think, but, yeah, but for, them to, for them to uh, go, you know what? Let's forget that film. And like, no, we will reboot this, this part. She didn't die. Yeah, it's a multiverse. Yeah, it's a multiverse. Right? Yeah. As long as time Spider-Man traveling is, is also there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mysterio is there. He's one of the Terminators, actually. Oh, that would be a good twist, though, in, in Spider-Man 4 from home, right? Like Mysterio is actually a Terminator from fu- the future. <laughs> yeah. Pretty um, much anything can happen now. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, expect that. That would be quite, quite a twist. Yeah, so your last One thoughts last on uh, Terminator? Terminator? Um, I'm still gonna enjoy the shit out of it mm-hmm. because it's because it's Terminator, mm-hmm. right? It's you love you, you know like action sequences are always enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, robots killing each other is always enjoyable, mm-hmm. and I just can't believe Terminator as a franchise is 35 years old, man. Wow, it's older than us. Yeah, it came out in 19, 1984. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I have a nostalgia feel for Terminator because it's one of the few films that I know my dad enjoys. And I'm not mm. saying that I have daddy issues or whatever, but like I, I, I don't have a lot of uh, moments when it comes to like films or TV shows that my dad and myself enjoy. But Terminator yeah, yeah, Two, uh, was definitely one of the. Uh, bigger f- or the most memorable films that we that I first enjoyed uh, that he introduced me to so that's um, how special anyway yeah I not even Terminator 1 just Terminator 2 yeah like the fact that like that's that's why for me Arnold in the Terminator series would always be um, not the villain but the the saviour you know in my head he's always the saviour like I didn't watch the first film until later so for me, Arnold was always the 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 the, the brute, dummy. We knew him robot. as a hero. First. Yeah, he was always like the the, the savior, the, the protector in my in my my head. Yeah, so I it's it sucks to see Terminator, a franchise that big and that that close to my heart, kind of go so wayward. I guess in the storytelling and and yeah. everything else, but you know what? Um, maybe give it some. A few years, let it die down, and then reboot the whole thing again with with new actors. You know, like go from Terminator One again. But mm-hmm. I hope they they give Arnold the the proper legendary send off that he deserves. Yeah, yeah, and and have a different Arnold, have a new one. You know. Yeah, yeah. Just re, re like redo that whole thing. I mean, like I know no one has the idea of you know what maybe we should redo Titanic. Of course. You don't do we do the Titanic maybe not so soon but I have that idea floating around you know like, I mean if a Star is Born thing. has been rebooted like yeah three times if, over dude if you can reboot Fantastic Four right <laughs> <laughs> badly right why not Terminator you know you already yeah. have, it's just yeah I mean I know people will compare it to the original and stuff like that but you know what if if it's a good remake or Look at Creed, man. Like Creed is like, oh, based, it's so well done. Like, yeah, that's it's like based on the first few films, but told like it expanded the universe. Honestly, mm. yeah, that's a successful that. way to do it, though, right? Yeah, I feel so. I, I guess you yeah, have a point. That's a good point. Like this, the Gen Zs, right? Yeah, they they need their their generations like Terminator. Yeah, yeah. I, John I guess Cena you're right. could be a Terminator, right. man. Yeah, he could be. Right, he could. He Except that he, he is pretty funny though. It's just yeah, but when you've seen his other films, like, yeah, and he's he's trying to break into the film as well, film industry, and he I think he's slowly doing it, and also the fact that his first a uh, gimmick in wrestling before he went to uh, WWE is called the prototype, where he's like a robot and stuff like that. So <laughs> is, it, is there a yeah. clip on it on YouTube? I, you can find it on YouTube. Okay, sure. I'll find it. The prototype. The prototype, John Cena, yeah. Alright, um, let's wrap things up. Uh, Charles, what is your uh, recommendation for, for the for this week? Uh, recommendation for this week, I would go a little easy and, and um, yeah, go watch Aladdin in theaters. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of mixed reviews, but it's um, it's a chill movie. Like, just go there and enjoy it, and you know, just um, enjoy the nostalgia and and the songs. I'm sure 
at least 90% of the uh, of the people who is going to watch it are watching it because of the nostalgia and because of the songs. Mm. So, yeah, just go there. You don't have to don't go there as a as a movie critic. Mm. Go there to as as a as, as someone who wants to relive their childhood. You know, and and you'll get the most out of the whole film. Like, yeah. What about you? My recommendation uh, is Oliver. I'm gonna say that again because I think I, I screwed it up. My recommendation for this week is All Elite Wrestling's AEW's Double or Nothing pay per view. Now yeah, well, I know. Uh, where, sorry, where do you where where can you watch it though? Like, you can find on it the on website YouTube. You can find it on I think Fight TV. You have your own ways to find it, right? I'm I'm leaving up to the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. listeners. Go find your own way of doing it, but go and watch All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing. I know. Um, if you're not a wrestling fan. I fell out of it as well, but and I know a lot of people will say, "Oh, you still watch wrestling at twenty Oh, wrestling's fake, you know. All right, listen <laughs> up, okay. Just so you guys know, those uh criticizing on on wrestling and stuff, we know it's fake. We know it's choreographed, but you do realize that John Wick is also choreographed, right? He's not really shooting anyone. He's not really killing anyone. It was all choreographed, and that guy's name is not really John Wick. It's Keanu Reeves. It's all entertainment. So we know it. But the thing about wrestling that makes it exciting is working a show or telling a story within within the confines of this space, this medium. And I can assure you, wrestling hasn't been that fun for quite some time because of the monopoly of WWE. But with the introduction of AEW, basically AEW is a new company that just came out. Uh, they just launched themselves in January and this is their first official show. And it's, I think, one of the best wrestling shows that there is. If I were to recommend a, a, a match to watch, go watch Goldust, Dustin Rhodes, Goldust, have a match with his real-life brother, Cody Rhodes. That match the end of that match broke my heart and it broke me to tears. So, I... What? Goldust having a, a, a match that brought, brings people to tears? Dude, seriously, Goldust left um left WWE and because his brother is part of AEW, he's uh, the executive vice president, they had one of the best matches on the card because it has so much to do with um the fact that their, their father died also... And the father, their father died before any of them became a world champion, and uh, the desire to you know to is sibling rivalry. Who who wouldn't want to watch yeah. that? You know, that's always good. It's like yeah. Kane and Undertaker, right? Yeah. No, it's not like Kane and Undertaker, dude. These uh, are real no, life brothers. Uh, like uh, yeah. So so it, it makes it even. Uh, it's like Jeff and Matt Hardy kind of thing. Mm, yeah. But but because they're like <laughs> I think seventeen years apart. Like Goldust is fifty, Cody is thirty three, so they they he's he's like slowly ending his career and Cody is still in his prime, so the story they told in that match right is so so beautiful. So you guys have to go and watch it. Um, you can also watch the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros, which is one of the best tag team matches of the year, and it's only what it's only May. So oh, yeah, I if I were to recommend anything this week, I would recommend AEW's Double or Nothing pay per view, the whole thing. 
but particularly go and watch the match between Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. Um, yeah, it gets a bit bloody, but it's such a good match. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, dope. Um, yeah. Anyway, like, is is AW funded by like a, a billionaire? Or? Yes, it's funded by a billionaire uh, who's more of a billionaire than Vince McMahon is. <laughs> I can go into in depth, but I really don't have the time anymore today. I'll probably talk about it next time. But yeah, go and watch out. Uh, watch AEW's Double or Nothing pay per view that just came out uh, a few like last weekend. Uh, particularly watch Cody Rhodes versus um, Dustin Rhodes, formerly known as Goldust. It's a really good match. So yeah. Um, all right. Um, Remember, don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Campfire Sit Down, or leave us an email at campfiresitdown at gmail.com if you have any questions or inquiries, or if you just want to say hello. We haven't had any emails or any anyone. <laughs> but hey, we're still we're still young. We're, we're still, still we're still we're still yeah we're still getting our our, yeah, our yeah. feet wet. Yeah. But um, do let us know if you if you need uh. If our content is uh, cool or, or you guys want us to change things up a bit, you can give us bad criticisms, good criticisms. We 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 learn to, uh, we love to learn from from what you guys think. Anyway, um, yes, this has been uh, Campfire Sit Down with Sophie and Charles. Charles, would you like to take? Uh, would you like to put out the fire? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we're out. Is 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 and that's gonna be a thing, right? That's gonna be a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.